You are listening to the Mini Minxes. It's a mischievous way to start your week. Disney Girl Power. Hello and welcome to the Mini Minxes Disney Podcast and welcome to Show 35. Welcome. How are you on this glorious sunny day? I'm not too bad. I'm getting over the shock of the English weather. Can't make its mind up. Monday it was raining. Tuesday it was fine. It can't seem to decide what it wants to do. Well, I can't believe that last week parts of our country over here in the old UK had snow in May. I know. It's absolutely bananas, the weather at the moment in this country. Absolutely bananas. But that's what you get for using all them aerosol cans. Well, I remember that when I use my roll-on deodorant and feel slightly smug then. (laughs) So this is what we have on the show today. We start with a fabulous feature where we are joined by Jeff Dixon, where we reminisce about an attraction from the past. Oh, I like that. I like it when we have old Jeff on. He's an absolute wealth of knowledge. I know, it's like like we sat by the um, campfire, hands on us chin just looking up at him listening to stories only difference is we don't have any smiles with us but hey ho no N- next time michelle we must order smiles but talking of food kim yeah we're going to be having a bit of a mini minx chat about food but more about that later so shall we put on a care in fact because what he's going to do is going to give us a little bit of information about what our feature with jeff is about and then we'll pop straight on to the interview with Jeff Dixon. Hi, this is Kieran, and I have a Kieran fact for you. The Skyway began operation on the opening day of the Magic Kingdom over at Walt Disney World and operated from the 1st of October 1971 until the 10th of November 1999, making it the last of the three Skyway attractions to close. With Disneyland on the 9th of November, 1994 and Tokyo Disneyland on the 3rd of November 1998 so you could say November wasn't a lucky month for the Skyway many missed the D-ticket attraction for those of us like me that never rode it it was an airway gondola that travelled Fantasyland to Tomorrowland anyway more from me later on in the show I don't know I slept through the whole thing well you didn't miss much Well, hello and welcome to this feature. And we seem to have this guest on the show so often, we really need to get him included on our icon. Welcome back, Disney author, pastor, and now Disney Park historian, Jeff Dixon. Hello and welcome. Uh, it's good It's good to be with you, and I hope everybody's doing well. All your listeners are doing good. Oh, thank you, Jeff. Welcome back to the Mini Minxes. It's good to be here. And I believe this segment... We're going to discuss all things Skyway. It, 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 it's a great lost attraction. Now, this is an attraction that I haven't personally been on, and nor is Michelle. So, we hope our Mini Minx listeners don't mind. We've brought a friend of the show, Jane, on, who has actually experienced the Skyway, and hopefully with Jeff, can share some of the stories about it. Hi, guys. Hi there. Hi, Jane. I'm going to be quiet for once. I'm going to put duct tape on my mouth and shut up now. Really? Okay, well, I'm going to try my best. Yeah, I I believe that when I hear it. (laughs) I might have to get some sweets or something, (laughs) having to eat chocolate. And I'm going to leave the trio of you 
two J's plus a K to chat about the Skyway. So off you go. So as Michelle's just pointed out, we're going to discuss the Skyway. So being somebody that has never been on it, please, Jeff, tell us all about it. Well, the Skyway at Walt Disney World was one of the original attractions that was there opening day. It was a D ticket um, back in the days of ticket books. And um, it would take guests between Fantasyland and Tomorrowland. There were two different stations at those two sections of the park. And it's an, uh, you know, the Skyway is an aerial tram cable car ride that really looked like a glorified bucket that you would ride across the Magic Kingdom and it would last about five minutes. A glorified bucket in the sky, I like in the sound of this. <laughs> well, it was. It was a bucket with a roof on it. Um, but, but, you know, when you, when you rode it, I mean, it would take you, you know, over Cinderella's Golden Carousel, uh, back in the day, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, and then it would do a, a, a amazing, almost 90 degree turn uh, over in Tomorrowland near the Grand Prix Raceway and then take you into Tomorrowland Station, which again made it, uh, made it a very interesting ride because a lot, of these, a lot of these cable car kind of rides don't take that um, wicked little turn that it did, but um, that, was, that was part of it. It's funny actually, I was watching some old home movie last night, I thought I'd refresh my memory of it, it's from back in 1991 and it was really strange watching it and seeing things like 20,000 Leagues still being there and the amazing views that you got because you could see right across the, to the uh, contemporary as well so you got some fantastic views over Fantasyland, Tomorrowland and even say even way out towards the contemporary as well. It, and it, I think, I mean, if I'm remembering all the details of it, I think it was almost 60 feet uh, up in the air so it really did. Um, it gave you a very unique view that you can't get anymore. No. Uh, the Magic Kingdom. Well, it was that thing that was struck us, but especially the very first time that we rode it, was the fact that you could see all the buildings in Fantasyland, and of course you could see the fact that the building roofs were flat, just plain concrete, mm -hmm. and very matter-of-fact sort of buildings, but you're so used to seeing the front of the buildings all done up lovely for the Peter Pan and whatever, but how very perfunctionary the rest of the buildings were, just these flat roofs which look very strange when you were so used to seeing all the the fronts and the facade for cars for sort of thing you know so it was really interesting from that point of view to ride it it really, it really was i mean it, it kind of gave you a not not really behind the scenes but i guess about an above the scenes view mm. um that that i mean and i'm like you i've watched uh, i've watched some of the old movies of it and remember riding it and you know, it just it was just a different perspective that you that you just never got and the thing i liked about it is it kind of got you up out of the crowds at times, yeah. I mean, because you kind of isolated you and put you all by yourself as you were kind of moving around and getting to see everything without the rush of people around you. Yeah, nice little chill out time. Yeah, it really was. I think, you know, again, five five mile five miles an hour, I think, was the top speed of the thing. So that really did equate to about a, a five minute ride across the park, which is kind of, you know, catch your breath. It was a little bit quieter up there and, um, and fun. Yeah, and no cues really. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. I mean, they. Uh, I, I guess there were times they got really tight and really packed, but um, for the most part, it was an easy on, easy off kind of ride. Yeah, definitely. I miss it as well. I mean, it, it really added a lot of character, um, and it just was a different look as you were walking down to Fantasyland and be able to look up and see the buckets going over your head. Definitely. I love how you keep referring to them as buckets. It, I've got this fantastic vision in my mind. <laughs> What was the main functionality of the ride then? Was it purely to get to A to B or was it enjoyment of being up in the sky? I, 
I think part of it was just to help move crowds. Uh, it was a very easy way, and it was a one-way trip. So if you got over, got on over in Tomorrowland, you would get dumped off in Fantasyland, and then vice versa. And uh, it was it was a good way to kind of avoid the avoid the crowds. It kind of got you off the streets, and you got there a little bit quicker. Um, so I, mean, I think that was a, that was a part of it. And then also, back in the day too, when they opened in '71. Um, it, it wasn't the same park that it is today. I mean, there were there, there, there were a number of attractions, but a lot of things were still in process of being built, and so um, it immediately became just another ride, another attraction for people to get on. Really, two, depending on where you got on. I mean, it sounds like it would be one of the most perfect places to have a wedding proposal. There may there may have been some in those buckets for all I know. <laughs> You'd be trapped, wouldn't you? You couldn't know, say anything else other than yes, because you'd be trapped in this bucket. What else would you do? I'm sorry, I can't hold it in any longer. I'm sure there's been shenanigans in these buckets. I'm sure of it. I, I, I have a feeling there was quite a bit of uh, shenanigans in the, in the uh, sky buckets from time to time. I was say, what's the saying? Don't come a knocking when the bucket is rocking. <laughs> Well, I can tell you as a child, um, I can't tell you any shenanigans, but as a child, I can tell you, I remember riding those buckets a couple of times where they would stop the buckets while you were on them and getting caught in the uh, front end of a Florida storm that was rolling in. And and the buckets would rock then, but that wasn't that wasn't a, that wasn't a uh, uh, any kind of excitement to the to the to the rocking, other than the fact that you were thinking, oh, I wonder if this thing could fall off. And um, uh, and usually, if they stopped it, it meant that they were getting ready to shut the ride down pretty quick because it uh, you know when those storms come rolling into Central Florida, they they have to get you out of there in a hurry before the lightning starts. Speaking of um, like dangerous situations, I've heard that there was quite a lot of accidents on the Skyway. Is this why, is this one of the reasons why it closed or can you share any more info about that? I think that there were some other reasons that it was closed. I don't think it was the accidents, although there were um, quite a few accidents and some, and some of the accidents were of course a lot more public and a lot more visible. The, the main accident or the main mishap that would take place is just because you know those sky buckets are constantly moving on off kind of ride where they would slow down when you were in the loading station they would pick back up and you kind of had to uh, kind of you know step into them as they went so a lot of people would actually misstep on the way in and um, sometimes if they didn't make the transition in real well then it would it would bump them around a little bit and cause them to tumble uh, and that was that was probably the main uh, kind of mishap they had there but there were some other accidents as well that were um, one one very tragic and one that in the early 80s that uh, that actually got a lot of press and hype here in Central Florida. So, what other reasons do you think, other than the accidents? Well, a lot of a lot of folks thought that um, when they closed it in um, 1999, it was because that earlier in the year someone had actually um, been killed on the ride. Uh, a park employee um, had actually um, fallen to his death. He it was a maintenance man and it, the ride had started and he grabbed onto it out of reflex and um, it drug him up into the air and by the time that he had gotten up there you know, he couldn't hold on anymore and he, and he let loose and he fell about 40 feet uh, and was fatally uh, fatally injured but um, I think the real reasons that it closed is because it was it was probably a slow unprofitable attraction for the company 
um, I think that they, the attraction, if I remember the history correctly, was kind of expensive to run, maintain, and so it was hard to justify the dollar spent per guest ride basis. Um, I also think it was a difficult attraction to accommodate guests with disabilities. Um, wheelchairs couldn't actually get on to the, uh, the ride itself, so they'd have to leave a wheelchair at one end of the park or the other, and since the thing was running both ways, and uh, it really only had it could become a round trip. And I think third, and this was probably as big as anything else, um, and I, I would never admit to doing this, but certainly thought about this, but there was a constant problem of um, teenagers and guests spitting and throwing things on the guests below as it would travel through Fantasyland and over through Tomorrowland. And so you'd be walking along, and all of a sudden you'd get walloped in the head with some kind of nastiness. Yeah. And you look up, and there's some goofball leaning over the bucket rail, smiling and waving at you like they gave you a gift. And, um, you know, and that doesn't really fit into the... I mean, you know, it sounds dumb, but it really was a nuisance, a problem. And you, and, and, and again, if you toss something that was a little bit more dangerous out of the bucket, you can hit a guest in the head. Um, and I think at some point, Disney said enough. And so, uh, and by the time they had closed the Skyway in November, um, the Skyways over in Tokyo Disneyland and Disneyland itself had already been shut down. So I don't think, I don't think they actually closed it because of the accidents um, as much as they just did for the practical you know, cost and you know, the difficulty they were having with um, um, some uh, guests with disabilities. And then, of course, you know, you know, mischief, mischief and mayhem coming out of the buckets that fight projectiles on guests below, the, um, below them as you walked around. It really didn't add to the Disney experience. It's funny you mentioned the mischief, though, because I don't know if either of the other ladies remember, but there was an old 90s TV program called Blossom, and there yes. was an episode where she'd actually gone to Disneyland, California, and she was on the Sky Buckets or the Skyway with Six, and she does the same thing. She dropped, like, an ice slushy over, who, over her boyfriend, who she thinks is um, kissing another girl. So now you've come to mention it, that is coming back to my mind that that happened, so I can see that. If that happened more than not, I can obviously see why that caused a bit of a problem for Disney. Sure, and, and again, I mean, I, I mean, I, I know that of course Disney doesn't want to run anything where there's a potential for accidents. And you want safety, and again, with a park employee dying, actually, that was tough. And there was another young lady that actually um, got caught and was hanging from the bucket. Uh, it hit her. She was on the edge of the ramp. It hit her, drove her up about a hundred feet in the air before. Uh, or took about 100 feet down the cable before anybody could stop the ride. And so she actually just was hanging there, suspended in the air. And they actually had part guests that were that were climbing and scrambling up on top of the buildings of Fantasyland trying to get to her. And so if you can imagine being a guest in the park that day, you know, every camera in the park started turning toward this, and you can find pictures of it um, out there still to this day. And she started trying to swing the bucket toward where these people were trying to catch her, and she kind of swung out and held on as long as she could but um, she never could swing over to him so she actually fell hit the top of a building about 15 feet below and then fell off of that building um, another 25 feet to the ground and, and injured herself again did not she did not get killed but you know those are just not the kind of things that um, you know you really want happening and especially yeah. you know when you're when you're conscious of your image and you're conscious of uh, how you look in the public eye I mean you know you don't want every one of your guests turning uh, their cameras on this you know this accident that's unfolding before them and, and so I mean that, again there's a there were probably a whole lot of good reasons to close it um, and you know the accidents just didn't help but there were more practical reasons 
Well, it's just not the kind of memory that you want to leave with your guests, is it? I mean, Jane, have you got any memories that you can share with us of the Skyway? Well, my memories, thankfully, are a nice, pleasant uh, memory. <laughs> Unless, of course, you count torturing my husband, who didn't like going on it, and I insisted that we went on it every time we went when it was there. I suppose that's never not quite a pleasant <laughs> memory for him. I don't know. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It reminds me of, you know, that it is a cable car ride, and I've always enjoyed those types of rides anyway. And it is a little bit like the way, um, I say, the way people move the um, Small Land Transit Authority, where you just get a chance to stop, chill out, you know, and just literally see the world unfold before you. Um, just take five minutes out, what can sometimes be a really hectic experience when you're at Disney World. So it's just nice to chill. So I kind of miss it for that side of things. And I also miss it because it means I can't take the fun out of Simon anymore. But that's a Sorry, gaffer tape just fell off. <laughs> I thought you were being quiet. I'm doing really well. Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff, for any mm-hmm. keen Walt Disney World detectives or geeks as I like to call them I'm a fellow geek so I'm allowed to use the word geek is there any evidence left of this attraction anywhere in the Magic Kingdom? There is but it really it is starting to disappear for years the um in Fantasyland, the Swiss Chalet uh, loading area was there, and it was used for a variety of things. I mean, it was just a glorified building. Uh, they used it for stroller parking. I think one year they actually sold live Christmas, or, well, not live Christmas trees, but real Christmas trees for park um, guests. If they wanted to buy a Christmas tree and take it back to their hotel, I think they sold those there. Um, but that has been... Sorry, I'm, I'm, you could buy Christmas trees from Walt Disney World? One year, yeah, they, they wow. sold Christmas trees. Um, I mean, I, it was obviously an idea that didn't take. Um, but <laughs> why not? That sounds well good. But um, I can't, I can't imagine dragging a Christmas tree through uh, the Magic Kingdom. But they, they, they would sell them over there. Um, and you know, and for a lot of years, it was just an empty building. But they've. Um, it's now completely gone, and with the Fantasyland expansion over there at that end of it, they've got a couple of things that are building there right now, today, are still behind walls, but um, there's a new, uh, they've expanded the bathroom facilities and stuff like that, and it, of course the building is all themed, but if you look up even past it, um, they've actually recreated um, from the movie Tangled, Rapunzel's Tower, and that's actually back there now, which and it looks fantastic. Um, and so you kind of see it just kind of rising up at that end of Fantasyland now, which is which is amazing. And then at the other end of the Tomorrowland end, uh, that building is now um, really not used at all. I mean, it's been it's been remodeled and uh, and kind of reshaped over there. Uh, but if you walk down uh, the streets of Fantasyland, you can actually see. Um, now today where there are um, small circles of stones to kind of mark where each of the um, the posts and the pylons were that would kind of shoot up into the sky. Uh, and so if you're kind of walking along and you look down, you go, wonder what this thing is just in the middle of the street. It's decorated. I mean, it looks really good, but that's actually where they've gone back and tried to um, hide and kind of re-theme where those, where those massive pillars used to be. I wonder though, if back in this day and age, whether if they could try and produce a more efficient version of the Skyway, whether it had been the same as the Skyway that both you and Jane know. I mean, maybe adding it to the Animal Kingdom, possibly, over the Savannah, so you could see the animals from a different point of view. I mean, what about that as an idea? idea. I like that one. That's a good idea, Kim. I like that. No, that's fantastic. That would be a lot of fun. Um, The aerial viewing was always great, and, and there was always... I thought, um, again, I just thought, I just loved the perspective that you got because it was so different. 
Um, but I, you know, if there was probably a way to run it where you could get above it, above the areas without having to be above the traffic lines of people walking, that probably would go a lot further to making the ride successful. We didn't go very fast, so it would definitely be something I probably would have ridden, <laughs> seeing as it's not a roller coaster. You'd have liked it, Kim. Does it? Does it go? It goes. What did you say, Jeff? Five mile an hour. That sounds about my speed. Does that? <laughs> yeah, it was slow. The only thing for me, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a real big fan of heights, and, um, and so you know, there were times that you were hanging up there, and, and you know, you kind of get between where the, you know, where the poles are, and it would, and it would dip down, and kind of as, as the cable would extend, it would kind of climb back up toward that next um, support pole, and I remember as a kid thinking to myself, you know, I, I hope that. Um, I hope that it doesn't break while I'm in the middle of it. Um, I thought there was always security being near the support pole, but I'm not sure that that was really true. There is no way on heaven's earth anyone is getting me on any revamped Skyway. I'm sorry, it isn't happening. <laughs> well, even if even if it doesn't, even if it goes over the savannah of Animal Kingdom, no. I think how nice that would be at like sunrise or sunset i'm taking you here with me on a journey we're going to the dominican republic and there is a cable car from the bottom of this part of the dominican republic i think it was in a place called escana i can't remember and it goes up to a replica of the sugar mountain in rio where there's the big jesus figure <laughs> and this cable car goes up at something ridiculous like what 65 degrees right you go through the clouds it goes up that high <laughs> so we're going up i'm not very good with heights but i didn't want to look stupid and plus i'd had a few rooms because it is the caribbean and it stops there's 12 of us on board everyone else spoke spanish i don't speak spanish apart from Hola, which wasn't much use when a cable car is swinging side to side with a group of 10 strangers. We were stuck for 15 minutes. I was hyperventilating. <laughs> as soon as that thing got me to the top of that damn there mountain, I walked down. And I'll tell you, it took me an hour and a half to walk down, but there was no way I was getting on another cable car. And I don't care if I get pretty views of the top of Cinderella's castle or any giraffes. You're not getting me on one. It's not natural. Are you sure about that, Michelle? Are you really sure about that? I'm, pr I'm, I'm pretty certain. I will try anything. I will do Manta. I will do Tower of Terror. I will do Rock and Roller Roller Coaster. I will go on any hardcore roller coaster you throw at me, but stick a bit of wire and a little bucket. Forget it. Even if I promise you can have a doll whip when you get to the other end. Not happening. Sweetheart, you could give me a bathing doll whips and I wouldn't go on it. <laughs> Not happening. Sorry, I just couldn't stay quiet anymore. I've, I've done really good. Sorry. <laughs> How do you follow that then? <laughs> I'm going to say, not like stumping everybody, is there? Was there any other stories or anything anyone would like to share with the old friend Skyway before we leave this subject so Michelle doesn't hyperventilate anymore? <laughs> I, I, I remember, the, and I mentioned this earlier, but it, it, it really is a unique part of this ride was that um, wicked 90 degree turn that it would take over in Tomorrowland because it would it would literally change direction and of course to get that it, it would have to go through a number of um, of relays on the uh, 
you know, on the top of those support poles. And again, if you're riding and you're a little bit nervous about heights anyway, you kind of get that bump, 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 bump as, as the cable gets dragged across the, uh, those wheels and the pulley on it. And again, if you weren't real fond of heights, that would, uh, that would get your attention and, and um, it might cause you to fill the bucket with something. But it would, uh, it would, uh, it would. It was it was one of those memorable parts of riding. Mean, again, great technology and pretty uh, and, and pretty cool the way it would turn and then head back toward the other station. But um, that was one of the things that I remember about the ride being so memorable. Yeah, and I think watching Simon's face actually as we went through those turns was quite memorable for me as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, other than scaring Simon, what other <laughs> dear memories have you got of the Skyway? I think it's just it. it it's just that nostalgic feeling that you get when you when you think about it, because it was one of the original attractions as well, and it's you know another one that has disappeared over the years. And as we see, keep saying, there's other ones that now are disappearing as well. So I think it's just that fondness for something that is no longer there, and it's nice to be able to say, I did that, and it was one of the original attractions, and I really enjoyed it. Well, I think everyone has sort of sounded quite fond of the old Skyway, except for myself. You know, yes, I think I probably would have liked to have seen it there and send my husband up to take pictures, but no way for me. But, you know, it's, it's the same old thing. Everything's always evolving and moving on with the parks. Nothing stays the same, which is quite sad, especially when our favourites and parts of what we term as a holiday regular disappear because I, I don't know about you, Jeff, because you go there a lot more often than the three of us, but... It's like losing a limb, you know, when Snow White disappeared, it was physically like I had lost an arm. So if I would have ever experienced the Skyway, I may have felt a little bit more passionate, but hey-ho, that's just my thought. Any closing words from you, Jane? No, I agree with you, you, Michelle, actually. It is that thing. I mean, I I was a big fan of um, Mr. Toe's Wild Ride, and it is that thing of when something disappears. I remember when we first went back after the Skyway had gone um, and going, where is it? missing you know you kind of realize something's not there and you think oh I know what it is it's gone you know and it, it, it is sad to see those things go but as you say new things do come in and we have to embrace the new and just fondly remember uh, the old ones don't we sounds like my kind of ride two thumbs up doesn't go very fast <laughs> unless Michelle's at the controls and then it'll be like up and down up and down spin you upside down <laughs> Jeff, I'm going to need that key again, love. Have you got it sorted for me? (laughs) You're going to have to have that key. But for me, one of the things, I'm like you guys, I I miss the stuff that disappears because it's kind of like you've lost a a memory or a piece of the past. And I know the new stuff comes along and... um, yeah, it replaces it, but it's still, it's still, you kind of, you kind of feel like you've lost a part of you. And I remember when the Skyway disappeared, even though, you know, it wasn't the ride that you went to the Magic Kingdom to do, but you know, you kind of walked to the park. And my first thought as a kid was, you know, this is, I mean, this is, this is so cool, and it's never going to disappear. And then you walk through, and it's gone. And you think, well, how do you misplace a whole Skyway? I mean, where, what did you do with the thing? Where did it go? Um, because it's not like it was just like one little building. It was all across the park, and so uh, it was actually quite a remodel when they took it down. Right. Well, I would like to thank Jane firstly for being our Skyway UK expert, if you like, if you term the phrase that way. Thanks. And very kind of you to spare the time to come and talk about it perhaps i can persuade you since you've been on the skyway to maybe do a little bit of a piece for our blog on the skyway yeah of course i can yay 
thank you very much. You're welcome. And if anyone would like to share any reminiscences of the Skyway with Jane, because she's the only one of us who remember it, because me and Kim's not been on it, that'd be really good. <laughs> and also for Jeff Dixon for joining us again. So I will put in the show notes how people can get can get in touch with Jeff Dixon, and it is Dixon on Disney. Am I right, Jeff? You are correct, and I'd love to hear from folks, so please, by all means, uh, give me a shout-out. Definitely follow him on Twitter. There is a, a wealth of information he shares daily. So look for Dixon on Disney, either through Google or to find his website or on Twitter. And I'd like to thank you again for both Jane and Jeff for joining us on the Mini Minxies Disney podcast. And we hope to speak to you both real soon. I'm sure we can um, think of some sort of historian segment for our Jeff to tell us all his stories about next time, can't we, Michelle? Definitely. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks so much. Here's some more fun starring yours truly. Well, yet another feature in the bag with our Jeff. Wasn't that enjoyable, Kim? It most certainly was, and I don't know about our listeners, but I could listen to Jeff talk about Walt Disney World all day. Well, do you know you can do? Do you know that Dixon on Disney? He does his own podcast now, available in that there iTunes. I didn't know that until our last show with him where Kieran told me, but thanks to Kieran, I do know that now. It's ten minutes of Disney goodness. Anyway, let's pop on a Kieran fact before we start on our feature. Hi, this is Kieran, and I have a Kieran fact for you. Seems I started with a form of Fantasyland attraction. I thought I would share about an extinct attraction that I actually stood foot in. Toontown! I recall walking through Minnie and Mi- Mickey's homes, sitting on the chairs and also turning on the popcorn t- on to pop in the microwave. Amazing details! Then we walked through the pumpkin patch into the big tent to meet Mickey and Minnie. The whole area was bright and larger than life. A few months after my visit, it closed in February 2011 to make way for the new Fantasyland expansion, which I can't wait to see. More from me later on in the show. Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much. I am happy that there's a new Fantasyland, but there'll always be a part of my little heart that belongs to Toontown. I miss Toontown. Do you know, I only walked through Toontown the once, Kim. I know it's hard to believe, just the once, but I loved it. And, you know, I kind of do really do miss it. And I've yet to see New Fantasyland in its fullness. But we'll see. But I suppose if we ever want a little bit of Toon madness, we can always pop over to that there Disneyland. Well, I guess we can do, but I don't know. The, the hours... I whittled away in Minnie's house. I think I saw every inch of that Minnie Mouse's house, you know. Oh, I concur there, Kimster. But progress, these things change. And hopefully, when we see the new meet and greet where Mickey and Minnie is, we'll like that just as much. Have you not been to the uh, Town Square Theatre yet, Kim? I certainly haven't. I have been to <gasps> Disneyland Paris's version, but I haven't been to Walt Disney World's version. Oh, my 
heavens it is absolutely amazing you really do have to drink up those details though there are so many hidden gems well i'm looking forward to it fantastic well we've talked about the skyway we've done quite a bit of reminiscing because we've even talked about toontown we're now going to go on to a foodie feature something we both like what do you agree there kim oh well people that know me know that i like my food despite me being on a slim fast diet for the last three and a half weeks <laughs> which to be fair listeners isn't going too bad we're looking at about a stone off in a three and a half week so to, to, to american listeners that's about 14 pounds so i'm not doing too bad well done kimster thank you it is the time of year if you have a disney holiday booked that many people are hoping to relocate some of their weight and dispatch those pounds i'm doing so myself slowly disappearing I hope by August I'll be a shadow of my former curvaceous self, but we shall see. Don't go too skinny. Oh God, no, I don't want to be a beanpole. Me and Michelle lose all this weight, so we can (laughs) then go on holiday and put it back on tenfold. Too right, too right. Unfortunately, on this feature, all of the calories are going to be invisible calories because whilst we're delighting and delecting your taste buds we're not actually going to be putting on a single calorie isn't that the kind of food option you want kim it blooming well is the idea i posted to kim on this i thought if we could have any six food items whether a meal an entree appetizer dessert snack or even a drink over at that there walt disney world what would it be and why and perhaps we could do a little bit of our own advertising to maybe tell other people about the delicious delights that we've had during our holidays maybe get a little bit of feedback from you guys on what you think and then put together an even bigger list so kimster yeah i'm gonna start with you give me one of your favorites well this is going to be no surprise to anybody whatsoever seeing as I go on about it all the time. But last time we were in America, we ate at a restaurant called Whispering Canyon Cafe. In that meal, most people rave about the skillet, which for people that don't know, is a hell of a lot of meat on a metal plate. (laughs) Would you not agree? I've not actually eaten there, Kimster, so carry Uh, on. Well, Michelle, you get a lot of meat on a silver plate. I'm talking brisket, I'm talking pulled pork, I'm talking chicken. But as well as that, with your mash and everything else, they serve you all-you-can-eat cornbread. And it's from that meal where my obsession with cornbread started. In fact, (laughs) in that meal, as Adam will point out, I think I ate more cornbread than anything else on that table. In fact, the restaurant saw that I liked cornbread so much they gave me a whole chunk of it to take back to the hotel because that's all I was asking for all night was more cornbread. I couldn't get enough of it. Is there anything in particular about the cornbread that excites you more than a, another type of bread? Is it sweet? Is it sour? It's similar to Madeira cake, I suppose, in a way, which sounds weird because it's a bread, but it's just sweet. It's lush. You put butter on it, which adds about 5,000 calories the 5,000 calories you're already having. Uh, oh, it's just scrummy, 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 scrummy. Cornbread, cornbread, cornbread. Oh. Am I right in understanding, Kimster, that they have changed the menu? 
They certainly have, but I do believe cornbread is still there. Cornbread's still on the menu. Well, do you know what, listeners? I think there will be a riot if this little Kimster gets over there and there isn't any cornbread. The problem is, Michelle, we're not even going there this time, which is why I asked you to find me a counter service that served cornbread, which you <gasps> uh, failed miserably at. But all is not lost, and I'm hoping, unless I've done my research wrong, a new eatery for us this time is going to be Cape May Cafe. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think they have cornbread. Well, I'm hoping they have cornbread. Well, just to let you know that the, the skillet has now been changed to build your own, you care to enjoy family platter. Yeah. And this time you only get a choice of three. You can choose from Kansas City style smoked pork ribs, mm-hmm. herb baked chicken, hand carved oak roasted beef strip loin. Yeah. You could have a citrus crusted market fish. Yeah. Western style sausages. Yeah. So you can choose any three of them and you get your sides of veggies, your Yukon gold potatoes, herb crusted, cowboy beans, corn on the cob. Doesn't actually say anything on there about your old cornbread, does it? It doesn't, but I'm pretty certain that I've had friends go last month and they said that cornbread still came out of it. I could be wrong. Or I could, they could just dare not tell me that cornbread isn't coming out of it. Maybe one of our listeners knows and can set the record straight on that one. Well, we'll soon discover. No doubt someone will tweet us. Yeah. Well, I've been a bit cheeky with my option. Well, there's no surprise there. You're always cheeky. I absolutely love going to Pecos Bills. It is an absolute delight. But I find the burgers a little bit heavy going because they're just so huge. So... I've come to a little little bit of a sort of deal with Alb's husband. Mm. Gonna get a plate yeah. and he's gonna have his burger with his fries. I'll actually have his fries. And my favourite item from Pecos Bills actually isn't on the menu. It's the melty cheese and the mushrooms you can get from that there toppings bar. Mm-hmm. So technically you do have to order something from Pecos Bills, which I am, I'm with my husband, mm-hmm. uh, we're sharing his counter service credit and I'm just going to avail myself of the melty cheese and mushrooms. Well, that sounds interesting. <laughs> oh, I just love it, it's absolutely gorgeous. Am I right in thinking now though that Pecos Bills has a steak option or am I getting that confused with another eatery? Or do they have a pot? They, they do something new and a bit different to last time I came, I went. I could be getting my restaurants confused. One of the counter services has introduced the steak option. I just can't remember which one it is. I thought it was Pecos Bills. Well, Pecos Bills has a barbecue pork sandwich, mm-hmm. Angus cheeseburger, a deluxe Angus cheeseburger, veggie burger, Caesar salad, taco salad, chicken wrap. So not much mention of a steak. Uh, so what about your next one, Kim? Right, well, my next one, um, what do I like to eat at Walt Disney World? Like, See, I am unlike Michelle, and this is going to change next time, where I'm not really up on my snacks. I've never really snapped my way around the world. I don't know why. I've never had a Dole Whip, which Michelle chastises me for all the time. So I would probably say my next choice would be the unpopular choice of a turkey leg. I like turkey legs. Yes, it's the size of my head. Yes, I'm eating more calories than a sumo wrestler could consume, but... 
I like turkey legs. I think they're nice. Well, I'm not going to say any more till uh, after you've listened to the third Karen fact. Oh dear, I don't want to know. I'm not listening to that. <laughs> I'm not listening to that fact. <laughs> Oh, you'll enjoy it, lovey. I'm sure you will. You've got a little co-conspirator there. Oh, good. So where, where's the favourite place you tend to want to get your turkey leg from? Is it Hollywood Studios? Is it Magic Kingdom? It's Magic Kingdom, and I'll tell you where it is. It's um, in... It's Claster's Frontierland, but it's more Liberty Square End. Oh, yeah, I know the service place you mean, yeah. It, it's, um, it's like a car, isn't it? It's opposite the shooting arcade, that sort of area. And I like to get a turkey leg and then plonk myself in one of them rocking chairs and watch the parade go past. You see, this is what it's about. Memories and food, food and memories intermeshed. Yes. Uh, Well, this time I'm actually paying for mine. Oh, bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) It's the Kona Cone dessert from Kona Cafe over in the Polynesian. Oh, I've not heard of this. Oh, Kim, those of you who know me really well will know I love ice cream. We had a particularly pleasant meal last year at the Polynesian Kona Cafe. If you've not been, it's quite an informal set out. It, it's sort of like cafeteria type inside, but it is a beautiful part of the ceremonial hall inside the Polynesian. The thing that makes this restaurant for me is that it has an on-stage pastry station where when you are taken into the restaurant your greeter will actually bypass you across this pastry station and you can see an example of every single dessert on the menu and I've spoken about this before how I think it is absolutely fantastic I was just sold on the Kona Kern basically it's a really big waffle cone dipped in chocolate round the edge and it is stuffed with ice cream mini smarties all sorts of goodness and it sits in a, a holder but around the base of the corner cone is blue candy floss and it is just such a decadently delicious dessert and it is so huge is this cone it really is a large cone it is an absolute delight and at $6.49 it is a must buy item it sounds not my cup of tea (laughs) but it sounds alright take away a few of the sweet things and I could probably, probably shove that down my gullet I must admit, after all the dessert issues I had last year, that was the highlight. And I just sit here thinking, oh, I could just eat one of them now. Absolutely gorgeous. Do you not get too thick from the sweetness of it? No. And you'll you'll see a bit of the theme going on with, with my choices <laughs> as we go along. <laughs> but go on, we'll have another one of yours. Okay, well, another one of mine would be most chocolate milkshake from inside the parks now when i'm saying from inside the parks i'm talking your sci-fi diner chocolate milkshakes i'm talking your 50s primetime diner milkshake um i haven't sampled one in the plaza is yet but that's something i'm looking forward to doing this time so i would say there's nothing better than having a milkshake for your dessert rather than a dessert but if you're on the dining plan you're not allowed you are are you Oh, wow. I was allowed. When I went to 50s Primetime Diner, I could have a milkshake as my drink, as you can in Sci-Fi Diner. And he also said if you don't want a a dessert, you can have it 
a milkshake if you want as your dessert. Oh, cool. I know you could have it as a drink, but it's not it's non-refillable, isn't it? That's correct. But if you can have one for your dessert as well, I think the size of them, we're not, <laughs> you know, we're not talking stingy English cafeteria size milkshakes made by that horrible liquidy stuff. We're talking proper ice cream headache making full of chocolatey creamy goodness milkshakes um which come with the you know the the machine or the container or however they make it comes in a big silver cup like they do at the secret mini minxes meeting place oh yeah you see i'm not a chocolate lover so to me i would probably go for like a, a strawberry milkshake This is what makes everybody so special about their Disney dining because nobody wants to do the same (laughs) things, which is so wonderful. And that's why dining at Disney is such a treat because there are so many options. Yes. So you've had a drink. I'm going to go for a cupcake now. And the best place... To get a cupcake is starring rolls over at that there Disney's Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah. I did a little bit of research. I took it on the chin for you, dear listeners, and I tried out quite a few different cupcakes. <laughs> Not for my own personal <laughs> pleasure. Now, and I was quite surprised by my findings because I love red velvet cake, but the red velvet wasn't my favourite cupcake. And I'm going to contradict what I said a few minutes ago about chocolate. I don't normally like chocolatey things. I'm very picky about chocolate. You know, I'm the sort of girl who joins the chocolate tasting club that sends you a box of chocolates once a month, ends up having to ring them and tell them to stop sending me chocolates because I can't eat them quick enough. You know, so I I really do struggle. But my next item is a chocolate item. You'll let your mind up, girl. I know. But I think it's because of what comes with it. It's the chocolate peanut butter cupcake. And it is an absolute steal because this is literally the size of your head at $3.99. It is very, very filling. Um, It is great to share because that means if your other half gets a different cupcake, you can have half and half because you always fancy their cupcake more than yours. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend a visit to Starring Rose every single trip to the studios just to check out the great range of cupcake array. No, I'd agree with that. And I would probably say my favourite cupcake from there is the Butterfinger one. Oh, they didn't have Butterfinger on when I was there, so I was, like, yeah. mortified. That is one hell of a cupcake. I, even I couldn't finish it. it was, wow. Wow. It must have been pretty immense. Yes, it was. So what's your next one, lovey? I've had a drink. I've had a um, turkey leg. I've had a bit of cornbread. I've had a side. So it's only right, I suppose, that I now talk about puddings. Or, de- or desserts to American people. It's just me that calls them puddings. Because we're from Yorkshire. Because we're from Yorkshire. And I would say that last time we went, my most favouritest pudding, and I'd probably recommend this to nearly everybody that I um, speak with, would be, and again, this is a bit of a controversial one, because I know this isn't everybody um, else's favourite cup of tea, 
but it would be the um, massive, great, big ice creamy Sunday thing that you can get from the Rainforest Cafe. Which na- which which name escapes me right at the moment? I keep wanting to call it a volcano. I'm not 100 percent certain. Oh, is it the volcano cake thing? Yes. Oh God Almighty! I remember that. That's the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> I think T-Rex do one as well, which is Countdown to Extinction or something like that. But I remember it. we were very naive. It was the first time me and Aaron went. Um, it was the first meal that we had because it was at Downtown Disney. Um, you know, you do your normal thing where we'd not made an ADR, so we had to um, wait for 40-odd minutes. Had a starter, which was too big for us. Had us mains, which we only ate maybe two mouthfuls of and me who always has to have a pudding oh no why don't we have this we can share it it's really good but it's massive it's enough i think you can have it on the dining plan i think if there's four of you and you have and you have that you know each for each of your you know each person has that as their dessert credit so to speak you can then have that on the dining plan but it is meant for four people but i think it's really nice uh, I have actually partaken in that as well. We took the girls there and it happened to be their, let me see, I think it was their 13th birthday. Mm-hmm. Twins. We thought, oh yeah, they can share it. So we ordered two between the five of us. Whoa. And it, it must have <laughs> been the night for birthdays at Rink Forest Cafe because that tends to be the cake that they get for people who are having a birthday. So... We'd just gone through about 15 people having happy birthday sung by the whole restaurant and the sparklers and it came out for the girls. Everyone singing happy birthday and the five of us failed miserably on eating these two cakes. I'm sure you will have done because they're massive. Yeah, well, we failed, but never mind. But I think for a bit of fun... There's nothing better than having an oversized pudding. I mean, I've never had, <laughs> I've never had it, but I would really, really, really like to have the um, kitchen sink, which is also made for is it four or six people from Beaches and Cream. At- Welcome, Beaches and Cream. It is on my to-do list. I have to do this. I, there are eight scoops of ice cream in mm-hmm. the kitchen sink, a whole can of whipped cream toppings muffins you name it it's in it $26.99 so it's not a cheap way to go no michelle but they throw in a diabetic coma for free (laughs) it's a bargain i know i feel so guilty i have not been to beaches and cream that i'm going there twice this year (laughs) to make up for it because it's like i've just said i'm an ice creamaholic and it's like oh my god there's so many desserts there that i just die for fudge mudslide nowhere jose old-fashioned sunday classic banana split oh my heavens there is just so much going on every time i think i'm gonna go to epcot we'll just have a little uh stroll over but are you going to have the kitchen sink am i going to have the kitchen sink well i don't know it depends how hungry i am on that particular day we'll have to see I see, I don't know if I dare order it for just two of us. I've, I've heard of people, I've seen videos on, on YouTube of people having it on their own. On their own? Yeah. Are you joking? No. 
I think you're joking. Single people? No, single people having this to themselves. Very, 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 very brave people. Do they get Do they get a diabetic coma and a heart attack? <laughs> I, th I think they need something, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, the sparkling volcano-y cake thing um, from Rainforest Cafe for me. As you're hearing, I'm doing a little bit of a theme here, Kim. I'm going to go over to Magic Kingdom. Yeah. I'm going to pay a visit to Sleepy Hollow. Mm -hmm. And I am going to have the waffle sandwich with fruit and Nutella for $6.39. Now, I've tried to talk Michelle into having the chicken one, but she won't have it. I found the ham and cheese one weird <laughs> enough. You know, lovely waffle... <laughs> You know, I'm the sort of person that when I went to Chef Mickey's, I had my Mickey waffles and I had cheese sauce on it. You know, I'm not I'm not afraid of mixing my sweet and savoury, but the idea of chicken breast in a sticky sort of sweetie sour glaze and the waffle just makes my stomach go like a washing machine. <laughs> so... No, it's evil, but I do know the one with the fruit and the Nutella actually is good for me because when you consider it, I've got all of the good food groups because basically it's full of fruit. Nutella is absolutely so good for you because it gives you long-lasting energy and all the doughy crap that they put in a waffle sandwich itself is good for you so it's a health food option mm, yeah keep kidding yourself there michelle but if you just consider right the waffle sandwich is six dollars 39 the kona cone is six dollars 49 the kona cone is better value but for those that anyone who hasn't tried the new waffle sandwiches from over at sleepy hollow do go give it a go and i do recommend you, if there's two of you or a group get a savory get a sweet and share yeah. and then you've got a bit of both agreed but just don't get the ham and cheese one because it's weird having a, a runny dressing poured over a waffle well that's in your opinion in my disney opinion yeah all right well my next um pick if i survive the rest of this podcast is and again this is something i discovered in america that you can't necessarily get very frequently over here is a cob salad now i know you're gonna say salad really kim you're gonna pick a salad but a cob salad is not your ordinary salad i don't know if you've ever had one michelle but just humor me in case you pretend you haven't if you have it is cubed grilled chicken breast it is romaine and iceberg lettuce it's crumbled blue cheese, it's black olives, it's tomatoes, chopped eggs and bacon, usually tossed in a vinaigrette dressing. But it's not a salad as how you and me would see a salad, because with the cob salads, they line each segment up. So you have a segment of chicken, then a line of blue cheese, then a line of bacon, and a line of lettuce, and a line of olives. So it's all nicely lined up. and. The love of Cobb salad for me started actually at Discovery Cove. I'd never even had a Cobb salad before, but they were serving it there, so I tried it there, and then I couldn't get enough of it. And anywhere I can get a Cobb salad, my favourite being Wolf Kang Puck Express at Downtown Disney, but you can get it at Rainforest Cafe, and you can get it at, um, oh, the really posh place in um, Hollywood Studios. Help me. The really posh place at um, Hollywood Brown Derby. That's the one. 
you can get it there as well try it it is a taste sensation and it's not something that is very readily available in yorkshire at least anyway well it is if you do it yourself and empty the entire <sighs> contents of your fridge and bung it in a salad and pretend it's healthy because it's called a salad well yeah but blooming heck can you imagine how much time it's going to take me to cube chicken and cube avocado and cube <laughs> this and cube that i'll get bored halfway through Ah, you just eat it as you're chopping it. Uh, but yeah. And then jump up and down a few times. <laughs> it's a mixed salad. <laughs> I absolutely adore cob salad. Okay, so Kim's going for a salad. Kind of. It's got salad in the name. I must admit I've raved about the salad over at um, ABC Commissionary at um, Hollywood yeah. Studios. They do an Asian salad and it has these really crispy noodle strips in it and a lovely zingy Asian dressing and you can have it with chicken or salmon and that to me is just such a refreshing change from having all your burgers and your fries and everything i can't wait to have another one of them but it's not on my list so i won't talk about salad but anymore. before you go on to your next section have you ever had a cob salad no are you gonna try one just to humor me well i am eating at the hollywood brown derby this year because i've booked to go and dine with an imagineer Ooh. and i think it might be on the menu so we'll see yeah. two thumbs up if you do from me Go on then, I'll go to my next one. Well, I've, I've, I haven't mentioned it so far and devotees of this delicious snack cum drink are very partial to having several. There are so many different options on the Dell Whip. The one I prefer is the pineapple float. The nice measure of pineapple juice with the swirly goodness and a straw. Mm. Now I can't wait this year to go over to Captain Cook's and have a go at that self-serve machine because I reckon I can break the world record for squeezing in the most dull Whip into that carton. Now what's the rules with this self-serve machine because I've got half, half of my friends telling me it's all you can <laughs> eat, I've got half telling me it's not. I don't know what to do when I get there, can I keep going back for more, can I not keep going back for more, what is the rules Michelle? Right. You can keep going back for more if you want to face being arrested. <laughs> oh, so it's not all you can eat. No, it is a one-serve operation. You pay to go and have one serve of the Dole Whip. Now, the size of the serve is in the... How, how to sort of phrase this without getting a giggle on your face it's all in the wrist action lover <laughs> it's how you it's how you use that handle to get the most of the product into your vessel and i'm leaving it at that <laughs> so my next one is doll whip so we'll go straight on to yours because everyone knows about my love of the doll whip okay so the next thing on my list what number are we on now uh this should be our number one but I've not really kept count. I've not been keeping it in order, so this isn't my number one. Was I supposed to be doing it in top six form? Because I haven't done, because Cornbread would be at number one. Well, it doesn't matter. There's no rule to this, because we're in charge, so... Ah, that's all right, then. Throw them rules out the window. My next and final choice would be anything shaped like Mickey Mouse's head. <laughs> and that's going to be... Um, this is me cheating... It's going to be a pretzel. I'm talking a Mickey Mouse premium ice cream bar. I'm talking Mickey waffles. 
anything that is shaped like Mickey Mouse's head that I can eat is fantastic. Get yeah, it eaten. You can get anything shaped as Mickey's head if, if you have one of those Mickey Mouse head cookie cutters. Because you can use the cookie cutter to make anything Mickey Mouse shaped. Mashed potato, melted chocolate, a cookie, anything. Yeah, you can. But I suppose I'm talking from an official Walt Disney World point of view. I'm talking, like I've said, a pretzel, ice cream bar, waffles, Rice Krispie Treat. All that is a must when you go to Walt Disney World. If it's Mickey Mouse head shape, it's all right by me. Kimmy approved. If it's Mickey Mouse shape, there's definitely no calories in it. No, of course not. Oh, and don't forget the little chocolate Mickey Mouse that I know a certain somebody had on her dessert plate at the old um, Grand Floridian Cafe. <gasps> well, do you know what? I've been doing a bit of menu surfing and I don't know. I need someone to go and find out if it's still on there because <gasps> I had a look on the menu and they still do a serving platter of desserts. Now, when I went... There was the four other ones and then the chocolate Mickey sort of shape in the middle. It wasn't mentioned on the menu. Oh, no. So, SOS, if anybody is going to the Grand Floridian Cafe, can they check out the dessert and tell us if it still has the the solid chocolate Mickey, please? As a matter of urgency now, go. Pause the podcast. Run. (laughs) Go. But um, I thought that was a rather clever choice by me, then. It was indeed. My number one choice, not that it is my number one, but it is it is a favourite, is the Raisin Oatmeal Cookie Ice Cream Sandwich. Now, for me, this is basically get one snack, get another free, and another one free, and another one, because not only do you get two fresh-from-the-oven cookies... You get two scoops of ice cream. So that's basically four snacks for your money. It is absolutely delicious. Two could share it quite easily. Obviously, I don't let anyone touch my cookie. And my favourite place is Discovery Island Ice Cream Parlour thingy. Little shack where all the birds come. I really love it there. But it's curious to me that... In different places, this snack changes in price from $4.49 to $5.29 across Walt Disney World. It's like, oh, curious. You can also get this over at the Plaza Ice Cream Parlour. You can also get the cookie as a chocolate chip. Beware, though. Sometimes you will see cookie ice cream sandwich advertised. It's not the cookie cook sandwich that I'm on about because that's in a little plastic packet and it's made by that Mr Nestle or somebody who makes ice creams. So just make sure it's the fresh one. And it is a snack on the dining plant and it's well worth it. But make sure you get it without raisins because raisins are bleh. Raisins are lovely. Well, I don't care. I like my raisin cookies, so blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I've got some more items that our lovely listeners have tweeted me in. Go on then. Kim Taylor says, School bread from Norway says, Yummy, yummy, yummy. Prepare yourself to get addicted. What the hell is school bread? It's bread that you have when you're at school. Well, why is it yummy? Why is it even called school bread? Who even came up with that name? What country is it from again? Norway. Well, basically, right, a sweet bread and it's sort of been injected with like a vanilla custard then it's covered in icing and tossed in coconut and then it has some more of the creamy stuff and 
it actually comes from a Norwegian snack, surprisingly, because it's in the Norway pavilion, called Skulabrod, which school children took to school in their pat lunches. But I said it came from Norway, not Germany. Norway? Yeah. Norway? Yeah, not Germany. Norway. Who said Germany? You did a German accent. No, Skulabrod is my <laughs> Norwegian accent. <laughs> oh, is it? I thought we'd gone to Asia for a minute then. Skulabrod. Well, why did they just call it vanilla-filled coconut-topped bread? <laughs> because that's what it's not traditionally called. It's called Skullabrod. Wow. But according to AJ on the Disney Food blog, she says this isn't particularly sweet. And she said the bread is a cross between a cinnamon roll and a dinner roll. It's not super moist, more springy. So why don't we call it not-so-sweet, half-dinner, half-sweet dinner roll? I don't know, but here's a little tip to you parents out there. If you have a child who's who's looking like they're dead on the feet, they're really, really tired, and you want to get them something to get them buzzing to whiz on for the rest of the day, don't give them an energy drink. Don't get them Coca-Cola. Get them school bread, because did you know, desiccated coconut to children, it's like lighting a blue touch paper. Zoom! You won't be able... Linford Christie couldn't keep up to somebody who's been having desiccated coconut. I don't like coconut. It makes me feel sick. The smell oh, of it well. makes me gip. Well, you're not going to be having this then, are you? No, sorry, Kim Taylor. That's a thumbs down from me. Rachel Bowden says the cinnamon bun. Now, cinnamon bun has moved from Main Street Bakery and it's now over at Gaston's Tavern and the icing has changed. It's not as cinnamony, seemingly it's a bit more mapley. But I've not tried it for myself, so I'm not sure. So, just because I'm so snack uneducated when it comes to Disney World, Michelle, Cinnabon, never had one, right? But is that like that Cinnabon thing that I have at Starbucks when we meet up? Yes, but the one at Starbucks isn't as nice. Well, I like the one at Starbucks. Well, prepare yourself for something bigger, fresher and hotter. But other coffee shops are available. But that is good. Right, well, another listener has uh, sent a little email across to me about their favourite foods. That Mark Peter from uh, over at the Dedicated to DLP podcast. Formerly, in my Disney opinion. Anyway, I ask, this is typical of Mark. I ask him for one item and he comes up with three. That's because he can never make his mind up. I know. Uh, you, you give him the chance to buy one poster and how many does he buy? The lot. Not that I'm still bearing a grudge. Oh, come on now, that's been over 12 months. Get over it, woman, <laughs> get over it. So, he he said he's very partial to the s'mores over at La Cellier. He's very partial to a Mickey bar. And he likes five, the juice, from the Polynesian. Woo. So that's his. And then another one I've had across is from our friend who we've just recently been on his podcast, Chris Wakefield from the Wakefield Report. Hi, Chris. I like Chris. Chris is up there in my book. That means he's high up on my list of people I like. Have you never heard that expression before? All oh, right. Okay. Are you from the same country as me? I do wonder sometimes. I am. I am. Well, he says if he's in Disneyland, he likes corn dogs. Now, uh uh-huh. I may be a bit naive here. I have never had a corn dog. I am presuming it's creamed corn formed around a hot dog. Now, in the UK at the moment, you go to any shopping mall and they have these horrible little stands that sell creamed corn and it smells like baby vomit. I don't know if I could sort of cope with having a corn dog. Is that what a corn dog is? 
It certainly isn't. No, a corn dog is like a hot dog. And it's like in some sort of corn batter, which is deep fried in oil. So it's nothing blooming like creamed corn. Oh, good. Um, that sounds very healthy, Kim. Yeah. Think of like a deep fried Mars bar. It's like a deep fried hot dog. Okay. I don't think the Americans have really got to the deep fried Mars bar and deep fried haggis experience. But maybe this year at Food and Wine, the Scotland Pavilion might bring <laughs> those in. <laughs> well, you, you, can, you can get a dough bar, can't you, from um, Cooks of Dublin, downtown Disney. They do a dough bar, which is similar to a deep fried Mars bar. Yeah. Again, Chris has come up with his showing off because he's been to Disneyland and Walt Disney World. He says over at Walt Disney World, his favourite snack of choice is going to be a funnel cake. Not a dough bar. Not a dough bar. So called a funnel cake because the batter is poured through a funnel into steaming hot oil. I explained what it was and how it got its name. All in one go. And they're good. Well, I guess you are. Oh, thanks. Well, you, you just so poo-pooed me dough bar. You didn't even let me talk about me dough bar. You just railroaded across as you did. It's a bar of dough. It isn't a bar of dough. Have you ever had a dough bar from Cooks of Dublin? No. It's like a deep, fat, fried baby roof bar, which is like the American version of a Mars bar. Uh. And you can get it for a snack. No, you can't get it for a snack credit. I apologise. You can't get it for a snack credit. All right. Oh, well, that's no good then. Cooks of Dublin is a well good place, so you should go there. Should I? Yeah, it's a counter service. Oh, well, it, it may be added to the list then. They do deep fried burgers there as well. Oh, God. A battered burger, they call it, but it's like a deep fried burger. Kim, what? I don't want to die on the toilet. Hang on a minute, this is <laughs> a person that'll eat a corn of corn, which has got that much sweetness in it. It'd put a blooming the marshmallow man from Ghostbusters <laughs> into a diabetic coma. Stay puffed. There we go. I knew we'd done it. Marshmallow man to me. Those oh. mere mortals. Do you know, I'm, I'm getting hungry now. I know. We're talking about food too much. I know. What shall we do, Kim? Go out to eat at the secret mini mink play. Well, I was going to suggest put on a Kieran fact, but go on then. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Kieran, and I have a Kieran fact for you. Michelle and Kimmy have been talking about food. No one ever asked me. So here goes. This is what I like to eat in the parks. My number one favourite is the churro. Sweet and cinnamon. They are delicious. And these bad boys, I recall, were particularly nice over from the cart in the Disney's Hollywood Studios. Another favourite of mine was the giant turkey leg I got from the America Cat over at Epcot. But I've never seen a turkey with legs that big before. For me, the best way to end a day at the packs was to get a tub of delicious ice cream from the fountain counter service over at the Dolphin Hotel. Pat chocolate, pat vanilla, swirled together, yummy. See you next time on Show 36. Oh, bless our care and getting in on the act. I really should try a turkey leg. I know I keep making fun of you, Kim, but I'm sorry. I would have to use one's manners and use a knife and fork and eat it off a plate. You can't eat it off a plate for the simple fact you're not giving it on a plate, Michelle. Well, I demand it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't want to walk around looking like a caveman. 
getting chowed down caveman style. No. Forget gangman style, it's caveman style <laughs> around my kingdom with turkey legs. Should we do one of those flash dance thingies, those flash yeah. mobs with turkey legs? Yeah, good idea. I, I, I have them every now and again. I know. Have you ever been over to the Dolphin Hotel as well? Because their ice cream, it's a little counter service, really tiny, but the ice cream there is absolutely delicious. I'm afraid I haven't, no. Well, tell you what, Kim, right? When you've been to Beaches and Cream, yeah, yeah. you can get on the little friendship boat or you can walk and it'll take you over to the Swan and Dolphin. When you get off the boat, go right to, towards the Dolphin, left to take you to the Swan. Go right and literally as you go in those doors to the left hand side you will see the fountain. On the other side there's Blue Zoo. So if you go in Blue Zoo, make sure Aaron's got his wallet because you won't get a meal for under $100 there. So go to the fountain and they do these ice cream swirls. Now Kieran liked the chocolate and vanilla one. I just like the vanilla and it is absolutely gorgeous. Maybe. It is it is worth having a little walk go over to Dolphin just to have a look round to have a look at a different style of Disney hotel because although it's not classed as Disney it has got a backstory and it is worthwhile. There's a really nice counter service there called Peekaboo. That's really nice. They've got a nice pool area. So go chill there for a bit. <laughs> I just want to say a big thank you to our guest, Jeff Dixon, and his historical review of the Skyway. And you can follow him on Twitter. His handle is at Dixon on Disney. Also a big thank you to Jane Phipps. You can follow her on Twitter at Jane Phipps. And you can also track down her fabulous blog, jp2mk.blogspot.co.uk where she talks about her two passions of Disney holidays and running. I, I, I have seen she's done, a, is it a marathon or a 10k run? Simon Simon did the 10k, I think Jane did the 3k. It's 3k more than what I could do. It sure is. And another friend of the show this week, Emma Godbold, has just done a charity run as well. So big kudos to the runners out there because I know Emma sent some money over to the Dream Team project. So well done on you. Definitely. Um, and I just want to do a very, very, very quick shout out to a friend of the show, Joe, Wor- Joe Worthington, who's finished school this last week. Oh. He's growing up, he's our Joe, and he's had a birthday as well. So happy birthday, Joe. Oh, 18. Oh, to be 18 again, eh? I must certainly say that if you haven't seen his um, WDW news reports on YouTube, go check them out. They are fantastic. Really good, really informative. And Joe, I haven't forgotten about breaking into your room and um, stealing (laughs) some of that stuff in the background. I can see your DVD and Vinylmation collection getting bigger and bigger every episode. I've got my eye on you, boy. But, um, yes look him up on youtube it's cruella's furco so the next show will be episode 36 this will be released on the 10th of june it will indeed and really thank you to all our listeners for downloading this episode and the last episode which ricky Brigante. well what an episode that was it was indeed fantastic guest and prepare yourself we've got more from ricky coming up in a future episode I think he might even be one of my favourite guests we've had on the show. Aww. Even though I wasn't there and I was poorly. 
It was the favourite guest that you'd never interviewed. Yeah, but I was there in spirit. Oh. So really, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mini Mix podcast. And this is a goodbye from me with mini kisses. Mwah. And from me, mwah. There's no business like bowl business. <laughs> So if you've enjoyed the Minimix's Disney podcast, you'll want to get in touch with us. You can tweet us at the Minimixes. You can email us over at contact at the You can check us out on Facebook. Search for our page under the Minimix's Disney podcast. And if you fancy a little bit of blogliness from us minxsters, you can find our blinks at www theminiminxes.blogspot.co.uk You unlock this podcast with the key of imagination. Within it is another dimension. A dimension of castles, attractions, and parades. You're moving into a land of wishes and dreams, of a magical place, into a podcast with fabulous guests and features, a fortnightly show with two Yorkshire girls talking Disney. Yes, that's right. You've just discovered the Mini Meets Podcast, a Disney girl power podcast from a feminine perspective. Download on iTunes today.